Duke Energy presents Stage and Stuff, promoting arts and entertainment in and around Hendricks County. Interviews conducted by Peg Glover and Deanna Hinesley, with commentary by Amy Scott and Shane Ray. Hello there, I'm Shane Ray. Here with me in the studio is the lovely Amy Scott. How are you, Amy? I'm good, and thank you for the kind words. Well, don't get used to them. (laughs) I won't. Did you have a good holiday break? I did. How about you? I I had a great one. Good. Uh, I always do. Uh, Great friends, great family. Did you do anything fun specific? Did you see any great movies, read any great books, or see any great Uh, plays? I'm reading The Witch Elm by Tana French. Oh, yeah? It's an interesting book so far. Is that a new book or an old book? It's new-ish. I see. Not brand new, but uh, That's what I like to call story. myself. Yeah, newish. <laughs> but not brand new. Not brand new. But I'm, not, eh. I'm kind of an antique these days, I guess. Yeah. I'm entering that phase. So anyway, I not interrupted you on the book. No, and so that's been good so far. And then movie-wise, I saw Robert Redford's latest, The Man with a Gun, I believe is what oh, it's called. okay. Interesting film. Yeah. Yeah, I would probably, that, for me, that might be one that I would just have done DVD on and not movie theater. Straight but to video, as they say. Straight to video. Straight but, to VHS you know, or Betamax. I, I, maybe it's just me. <laughs> I mean, it was fun. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I don't know if it was movie theater. But. Well, you know, I saw um, uh, the Clint Eastwood movie. Oh. Uh, now, of course, the name escapes me. <laughs> I forget it now, but it was pretty good. I told someone else it wasn't his best, but mm-hmm. uh, definitely... The Mule, that's the oh, name of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard that. I heard about we that also one. saw the Mary Poppins Returns, Aww. if you can believe that. Have you seen that? I have not. I had a friend who went and saw it. She said there were maybe too many songs in it, but yeah. she really liked it, and she liked the message. So, yeah. yeah. I told, now, of course, Teresa and I went, and mm-hmm. she loved it. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, I'll tell you two things, and this is my critic hat okay. I have on, which is the reason Perfect. we're here. That's right. Um, I felt like... She played uh, whatever her name is that played Mary Poppins. Emily Blunt. There you go. Mm-hmm. She played her too condescending. Oh. Everybody, I mean, everybody, she constantly rolled her eyes at people and uh, kind of talked down to them. And oh. I didn't think... Um, That's not Julie Andrews. Yeah, exactly. No. You crystallized yeah. my own thoughts yeah. eloquently. Julie Andrews had that balance going. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so anyway, that was uh, that was my thought. And yes, it could... Even one of the songs, I felt like she had a real growl in her voice. And so I said, (laughs) I don't think that fits. But it did actually get good towards the end. I have to say, when when you asked me to to do this with you, I didn't think we'd be talking about Mary Poppins Shane. Get ready (laughs) for anything. Speaking of which, I should tell you that uh, this is a new show, Stage and Stuff. And Amy and I will be kicking off each show while Peg Glover and Deanna Hinesley, they have a guest on tonight's show. And you might even know him. He's a local guy, artist. His name is Odwin Newman. The name sounds familiar, but I'm not sure whether he's displayed in the library before, perhaps. But uh, I don't know. Maybe. No, he, he's, yeah. uh, I think he, he um, has a place in Avon. Okay, so maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, I don't know. He's kind of, he used to work for Marvel Comics. Oh, wow. My daughter would love that. I'm going to have to send her in. Well, exactly. (laughs) Or, uh, you know, just listen to the interview. And I tell you what, what we'll do is go listen to them right now as they start the very first Stage and Stuff. And it's sponsored by Duke Energy. Wonderful. Can't wait to hear it.
Hello, this is Peg Glover, and welcome to our show, Stage and Stuff. I'd like to introduce to you today our co-host as well, and that is Deanna Hensley. Hi, Peg. I'm so glad to be here today. I'm excited about our show, and I'm also excited that we have with us today our guest, Odwin Newman. Uh, Odwin has um, an experience in art, and he has uh, a place in Avon, so he's a Hendricks County guy that we're interested in talking to today and finding out more about. Yeah, Odwin, uh, one of the things that I found most interesting when I first learned about your story uh, is that you actually didn't grow up here. No, I actually um, am kind of a transplant from many places. Um, Originally born in Cleveland, Ohio, then my dad uh, joined the Navy, so I became a Navy brat. And uh, so I lived in 11 different states, and uh, previously before moving to Indiana, I went to high school in Massachusetts, I went to college in New Jersey, and I was on my way to San Diego when I was 24 years old, and uh, my best friend that I met in college lives here in Indiana, central Indiana, and he told me to stop off and hang out for a weekend, and I never made it to San Diego. So. <laughs> okay. Well, now, could we back up a little bit here, and uh, we want to hear about your art. Sure, sure. Um, so, um, I've been blessed. Um, art literally is uh, amongst my earliest memories, uh, drawing stuff and watching movies and drawing things I saw in movies. So, um, uh, art has been something that's kind of coursed through my veins my entire life. Um, after college, which was in New Jersey, a graphic design and cartooning college, I got a job working for Marvel Comics and DC Comics. And I did that basically for about 10 years. Um, that job connects to other jobs. Uh, obviously, comic books are big in movies, so there were some spin-off jobs like toy designs and movie designs and things of that nature. Um, locally, I did a lot of wall murals for prominent individuals um, and you know, establishments. Um, but, you know, the art has always been a regular mainstay in my life. And, um, you know, I, I just feel so fortunate to come up in a time when um, you could be influenced by different creative people. And if you polished and perfect your skill and you worked hard to present it to people, you really reap the rewards and, and the fruit from that effort. So. Um, all the books that I worked on for Marvel Comics and DC Comics were successful, um, and those in turn led to successful creative stints designing toys for Hasbro and for Sony Pictures and DreamWorks and Warner Brothers and stuff like that. So it's it's been a really good ride, for sure. One of the things that uh, would be, I think, really beneficial, because art is so visual, your art is so visual, mm-hmm. is to let our audience know a little bit about your art. For example, your main medium. I mean, there are so many different genres. And your genre, I kind of like to call fun and funky. I like that. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I really like that. Good. Um, yeah, it's, I, I guess, so my instructors in college um, were all traditionally trained artists. There was no one that was uh, con- uh, trained on computer graphics or Photoshop or Illustrator. So my standards are based on 
the oldest traditions of human anatomy, um, acrylic painting, watercolor, color pencil markers. And um, if, you know, as I was taught then, if you can master the basic concepts from as old as you know we can all know and remember you can transplant that into a computer program but you can't learn a pro- computer program and leave the program and then transport that to a physical medium paper or board or whatever so my medium is kind of all over but basically it's pencil with the drawing as the foundation then pen and ink and then some form of finishing color um, usually I use dyes which is kind of a complicated way of saying watercolors that are really vibrant and um and then sometimes i use acrylic and a little bit of oil and could you describe for us uh some of your your best pieces i think what i'm trying to get out here is that this is not traditional art uh this is very much along the lines of the marvel and and the dc comics Mm -hmm. and the fun stuff Mm-hmm. that people love to look at? I think, uh, I guess, the, I usually describe it as, uh, it's kind of a mashup of a couple things, but basically I take the the pride that people have in states, like where they live, whatever state it is, and then I take that traditional comic book illustration with my own flair, and I illustrate teams or mascots or lifestyle, you know, fishing, hunting, camping, running, um, on cutouts of states. So I do that Marvel comic illustration, but I do it on a state, Indiana, mostly Midwest, but some of the far East and far West states as well. Um, and then I do some, um, uh, I'm licensed with IU, uh, and Purdue and Michigan state to do their team mascots on the states as well that guides me to ask you um i think that most artists of any kind whether it's music or visual art or whatever Mm -hmm. it is have that um talent that runs in their family Mm -hmm. so when you started were your mother and father either one of them artists no you know we were talking about this over thanksgiving uh there's no artistic creative (laughs) uh gene connection whatsoever i Honestly, I don't know where it came from. I know um, I was, you know, I was born in 71, so I'm kind of a a child of the 80s. Um, And, you know, I wasn't what you call now a STEM kid. I wasn't a science, technology, engineering, and math kid. I was an art kid. Like, that was, I, I, you know... um, in the third grade, my the uh, sister Mary Fermata, I went to a, a private school. She um, she learned I would behave well if she would let me do a show and tell with my art. You know, my mom learned that you know if I behaved well at the dentist's office, she'd buy me a comic book. You know, things like that. So art has always been just a wonderful tool, and even in high school. Um, a huge part of me just getting through was teachers going uh, out of their way to provide projects and things for me to pursue art and do murals in high school and things like that. And and it was all based on, OK, you'll get to do this if you do this, you know. Mm-hmm. So I it's it's and, and what I what I'm trying to do now is offer that kind of opportunity to um young people here in central 
in Indianapolis and outlying areas. It's very difficult because the needs are pretty great. Um, but one of the things I'd like to get to do by the summer is offer some classes for kids. I did it in Speedway last year a lot. Um, you know, in the in the schools in particular, um, the art is something that's being cut back quite a bit. Yes. And so there's a huge demand. You know, there'll be one art teacher that covers all the students, you know, all the students for a school. And um, that makes it really tough because they're basically coming in giving them giving an assignment and they can't really give instructions so the kids don't really get any formulative technical advice you know they're not being molded and crafted at all so hopefully that's something that i can kind of help you know in that regard uh moving forward that's that's the plan at least to do more of that since your teachers guided you in that way it's inspirational that you have that same drive absolutely and you know i'm always amazed at how how little basic information kids are giving that's art related and it's not for fault no one's fault it's just that if you have 150 students over a period of a week how much instruction can you really give you know you have enough time to say do this and hopefully it can look like this and then they just go at it but you can't you can't really give individual time to that many students, you know? You know, Odwin, uh, as you talk about your art, it's pretty obvious how passionate you are. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are many artists out there that I'm sure are looking for that kind of direction and that kind of passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm wondering, uh, how did it fold out for your Marvel and DC comics? Did that lead into a permanent career? Or did you find yourself uh, having life pull you in different directions? Yeah, it pulled me in different directions. That's uh, a great uh, question, Peg, because what happened when I was drawn from Marvel and DC Comics, um, so just like a stock market, there can be a big boom and then there can be a big bust. And so when I got in, comics were selling at alarming rates. They were hugely popular. And then it started to go downhill. And um, so it, it kind of went into a recession basically. And so I leapt off and started doing other things. I talked about the movie designs, toy designs. Then I started doing more um, personal custom things like wall murals and things like that. And because I was um, working with Marvel um, at the time, you could be a what is basically a freelance artist. Um, no one wanted to be under a contract because you were beholden to work for that one company. So I didn't have health benefits. So I had to pursue just a part-time job so I could have benefits, you know, and still do my artwork. And so I um, got a job under um, the banner of a a logistics company uh, here in Central Indiana. And long story short, I ended up weaving my way into a a really uh, successful management career um, at that company. Um, and although things were really, really successful, but the higher up I went and the more stress that I took on, um, my health became leveraged. And so I ended up, uh, suffering a a major stroke. And, uh, when I had the stroke, um, I had complete, almost complete, uh, paralysis on my right side. So when I sat in the hospital and we had the occupational therapists come and talk to me uh, they had me do a test on a page to draw a clock they want me to draw a circle i couldn't i couldn't even pick up a pencil i 
And so it terrified me. I mean, it was it just was so tragic that to think that, you know, the art, the thing that I was most passionate about, that I had kind of put on the back burner. I was still doing stuff, but not nearly to the degree I was before. It just terrified me. And once I recovered from the stroke, using art actually to help work my hands and stuff again, uh, I just went back into it full full board. I, actually, I exploded back into it, really. Um, and, and I made a commitment you know, to everyone that's close to me and to the big man above that I would never, I would never let my art take a back seat again, because that's really what I did. I put my art on the back burner to pursue this other thing when art was actually fine. It really was fine. I just, I, I fell into that rut where it's like, well, you need to know that this much is coming in every week and you need to, you know, you plan with kids and family. And, but when I look back, everything was fine (laughs) (laughs) everything was fine it was it was actually the perfect scenario I was working plenty I had great jobs I was doing great work Um, I bought into maybe what is traditionally what you're expected to have I'm sure that was a result of having family and children and you felt that sort of responsibility financial responsibility so the art went by the wayside and the corporate life took over absolutely Absolutely, one hundred percent. Absolutely, is is that's how it happened, and it wasn't like a, a conscious decision. It just you just find yourself doing what you're doing in your life at that point, and then you turn around, and you know, eight years has passed, and you're like, wow, how did that all happen? You know, so. one of the things that you've mentioned uh, that uh, happened to you, and how you refer to this particular. Uh, point in your life yeah I, um, I so when I had the stroke and um, when I was sitting in a hospital when I finally you know recovered after those months um, you know I was talking to the therapist and they were saying you know hey because the thing let me go back there were so many people having strokes that were coming into the hospital it was amazing to me it was just amazed, but I, someone was in there saying how terrible it was and, you know, their life was doomed and everything. And I said, you know what, this is a reset chance. This is really our stroke of luck. And I was like, this mine, I'm taking it as a stroke of luck. And so I've just called it my stroke of luck ever since then, um, because I, it, it just, it propelled me back on my path as if I never left. And I left the path, you know, and I feel fortunate to be able to get back on that path and be chugging along like I never skipped a beat. You know, someone once said that life is what happens while you're making other plans, and that's what happened to you, it sounds like. Absolutely. I think that was John Lennon, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yep. And I'm a big quote person, too, so huge. they're, They're very inspirational. Yes, and, and I, I find I find your story very very uh, compelling, particularly from the art world. I'm so involved with the art world here in mm-hmm. Hendricks County that I often encounter young artists who always have a backup plan, mm-hmm. they, and and usually their backup plan becomes their A plan. Absolutely, because That's they they feel like they have to meet so many responsibilities that they put the art on the back burner. Yeah. Yeah, and I I recently in in my most recent endeavor have been working with a lot of makers from the Midwest, um, but a number of them here from Indiana. And 
I found um, a young lady from some shows, actually right here in Brownsburg, who does wonderful uh, reclaimed. Um, uh, she takes flannels and sews T-shirts into the flannels and makes a new shirt out of the flannel. And um, and I was like, Jess, you're right here under all these people's noses. The people don't know they can get this really unique shirt work from you right here in Brownsburg. And uh, I just, I think that's awesome. Like people can be right under your nose doing incredible creative stuff. You know, and and they just want outlets. They want a place. They want to. They want to show. Yeah, I think you your know. message is so important because we always hear about food shopping or mm-hmm. restaurants mm-hmm. or, you know, different um, small businesses. You know, buy local, eat local. Well, buy local art too. Yeah, absolutely. Art. I mean, think about it. Where would we be if we didn't have art? Like it does. You, you don't have to like comic book art. It could be fine art. It it could be pottery. It could be yard art. It it could be metalwork. I mean, think just think of it. You even look in here. Photographs, art. You know mm-hmm. where where would we be if we didn't have creative people making great jewelry or great outfits that you can put on? I mean, how dull would it be? I mean, it's that important. Those purses are art. They're art. Elsewise, it'd just be a burlap bag, you know? I mean, this is true. And so it, we're, it enriches our lives. When you look at all the development, when I drove down through Brownsburg, I saw art. I saw the shops, I saw the, the architecture and the buildings. It's a juxtaposed to the traditional look that we're accustomed to seeing, but someone drafted that, someone drew that, someone created that. It's art. Since I'm not an artist, it's interesting to hear about that through an artist's eyes because yeah. you see th- see things differently than some people do. Yeah, yeah. See and art and speaking in the of common. seeing art, where can our listeners see your art? Well, um, I recently, uh, just prior to the holidays, opened up a retail shop in Avon, beautiful Avon. Um, it's called the Crafty Animal. We actually just put our sign up uh, about a week and a half ago. Um, and it's the best way of saying where it is, is it's inside old Bob's. Uh, everyone knows old Bob's has been there since before Avon was Avon. So uh, I've got right now 30 different makers, um, artisans. I've got stuffed animals and jewelry and shirts and my stuff and parent prints and all kinds of things. It's really it's been really, really awesome. Yeah, tell us a little bit about your logo. I, I, when I saw your logo, I got such a kick out of it because the name of your company is The Crafty Animal. Yep, yep. So I, I wanted something that I, I wanted something that was creative. And uh, since I'm, art, I'm an artist, there's no reason why I should pay someone else to do my logo. So um, I designed actually a fox at first, and there were so many fox designs that I just I felt like I was treading on familiar water, and um, there was a there was a really big viral sensation over the summer of a raccoon climbing a building in Minnesota, and they showed a shot of that raccoon from the window, like at the thirtieth story, and I was like, "That's what I'm gonna draw." I was like, "That's crafty," and I think someone even said, "Boy, he's a crafty little raccoon," and I was like, "That's it." So that's where the idea. So I drew a raccoon with reader glasses and a pinstripe suit. Pinstripe suit and a bow tie, and put them on the state of Indiana and slapped them right on the on the logo. So that's on the cards and it's on the side, uh, on the sign sign, um, right there on Rockville Road. And his name is Crafty. 
that's not too original, but it was, it was easy <laughs> I think enough. for any of us who live here in Hendricks County and have to battle raccoons, we know how crafty <laughs> they can be. <laughs> yeah, it's and, and what I want to do is carry forward with that and eventually do some uh, commercials with like a little cartoon raccoon. And I'm going to have a blog where he says creative things once a month and stuff like that. So uh, I'm going to make it more than just a logo, but make him kind of almost an interactive mascot for this the shop. And you're right. I don't think I know anyone else who has a, a raccoon as their logo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And and honestly, uh, when I met Peg, you were one of the first people that I showed that new version to, and and her response helped me decide to move forward. Oh, on I it. immediately loved it. Yeah, I thought it was just really eye catching. Yeah. yeah, and relatable. Yeah, Very absolutely, relatable. absolutely. So, would you say that your stroke of luck? And that turned your life around. It's worked out well for you. Yeah, it really has. And, you know, I'm always quick to tell people it's not perfect. You know what I mean? Like your passion and your your drive and your purpose are all great things. But the, the passion doesn't work unless you do. You know what I mean? Like so, profound. so it's it's great to be to have purpose. And, you know, I meet people all the time and say, "Hey, I you know I want to draw or paint or do whatever, but uh, you know I, I can't find the time." Uh, it, it, yeah, your passion can only go as far as you push it. You know, so it's it's worked great. It's been amazing. I do what I want. I make my own schedule. Um, I'm creating fantastic. Fantastic images. I'm, I'm excited about every image I'm creating. I'm doing an image for Sarah Fisher right now, uh, the oh, race car driver. Yeah. yeah, tell us about that. Um, her uh, restaurant, 1911. Mm-hmm. Um, they're unveiling a new um, menu item, this giant burger. And so I'm doing a really cool race car with the like on the track with people climbing this giant burger and her race car coming around and the pagoda in the background and just really cool creative stuff. So it's awesome. Like I love it, but that doesn't happen without me turning over stones. That doesn't happen without me working. Like it's, it's great to make great images, but if I just make them for myself, you can't pay the bills. So, you know, I just tell people, you know, you got to put the video game down and you got to, you know, find the time to make your passion work. You know, because it's not going to work unless you do. You do some research about what you're drawing then. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think maybe your corporate experience helped you structure that sort of discipline when it came to your own art? Or did you have that from the beginning? No, I didn't. And I'm a, I'm a very undisciplined person by nature, probably because I am an artist. But my corporate, my time in management has been invaluable uh, just something as simple as paying my royalties every quarter to IU and to Purdue and to Michigan State. I don't want to do it, but I, I I know the documentation required and what has to be done and spreadsheets that have to be kept up. None of that is uh, textbook artist things. That's all business, you know. And uh, as I pursue, you know, other endeavors and things like that and try to grow the business, it's all business. It's all business. It's based on art, but minus the business savvy, it doesn't grow. You can't even great art can't be grown. So, do you have any sort of maybe closing comment to young artists? Um, you know, I I legitimately, and I mean this, I'm a, a, an open door for anyone that is willing to 
you know, present to me things that they do and ideas. Um, but more than anything, just keep grinding. I mean, you, you have to keep grinding. And in today's time, especially for young artists, you've got the advantage of having the world available to you. Instagram, Facebook, you know, Pinterest, things like that, that me coming up that was impossible you had to go find someone to see your work well now you just make an instagram account and start putting stuff out there so i would just say you know there's there's no reason to hold your stuff back put it out there grind it and and push it forward well deanna don't you think uh Odwin has been uh, an amazing guest very interesting and because i'm not an artist again all this is very interesting to me to hear about the creativity and how you um are energized by other people's art as well absolutely and i want to say i want to thank you guys very much for having me i just i can't tell you how much i appreciate it. it's an honor to be part of this and and this is just great so thank you guys very much thank you for being here yeah thank you for taking time out of your busy artwork to join us absolutely it's absolutely. been a great first stage and stuff it has been this has been stage and stuff Interviews conducted by Peg Glover and Deanna Hinesley, with commentary by Amy Scott and Shane Ray. This program has been presented by Duke Energy on WYRZ.